0: When you're breastfeeding, you're giving off even more nutrients than you would if you were pregnant. And I don't think a lot of moms understand that, you know, because you are having to nourish your body and now sustain another life.
1: Hey, my name is Cheryl Whitten, and this is the Aromatherapist Podcast. One of the biggest problems in aromatherapy is conflicting information and crazy wild claims. All you have to do is search essential oils on the internet and you'll see what I'm talking about. So when you're looking for information, how do you know who to trust and how do you know what's right? Well, that's the reason I created this podcast and a course called Science of Aromatherapy. The Science of Aromatherapy course takes you through aromatherapy as a healing art and the history and modern use of essential oils. You'll learn the basics of aromatherapy, the science and chemistry of essential oils, contraindications and safety considerations, and clinical and personal applications. In this course, I take you through everything from how aromatherapy affects epilepsy and bleeding disorders, to drug interactions, allergies and sensitivities, and to use in pregnancy and breastfeeding, and even with children. We cover the main modes of application and profiles of the 10 most popular essential oils. By the end of the course, you'll understand the most common contraindications and safety guidelines, how to use essential oils, how to build a protocol, and how to choose, cross-reference, and eliminate essential oils as well as how to formulate, blend, and dilute essential oils, and so much more. So why should you learn from me? Well, I'm a clinical aromatherapist, and I've been working with essential oils for around 20 years. I've trained with some of the world's renowned botanists and aromatherapy experts, and I teach people all over the world about aromatherapy. I also happen to be a professional health writer and have published peer-reviewed research work in aromatherapy it's no longer necessary to be confused about aromatherapy. Let me guide you to clarity. Visit livelovelemon.com forward slash science dash course to enroll. My guest today is Bethany Geddes. She is a certified holistic nutritional consultant with a background in nursing in the healthcare sector for over five years. She went into holistic nutrition and earned a diploma from CSNN in 2010, and spends her time now coaching moms on managing stress, nutritionally take better care of themselves, help lose weight, and get the family involved in healthier eating, exercise, and learning mindset tricks to thrive in their best life. So today we talk about nutritional approaches to postpartum depression and anxiety, This is a topic that's near and dear to my heart because this is something that I also lived with, with my babies. One thing that we know is that this is a multifaceted health problem. So I wanted to talk to Bethany about how we can set ourselves up for good physical health, nutritional status, while we're breastfeeding, while we're taking care of another individual, while we're recovering from a very massive medical change uh, in our bodies. And so Bethany Geddes. Hi, Bethany. Welcome to the show. Hi. It's great to have you. So you work in nutrition. You're a holistic nutritional consultant. And can you just tell us a little bit before we dive into our topic today? Can you tell us a little bit about your background in healthcare and how you came to nutrition as a focus?
0: Yeah, sure thing. So my background actually was, I was a nurse and I worked in the diet and health industry for about five years before I had my kids. And what I noticed was working in the diet industry was that we weren't actually helping people on an emotional level. And, uh, people actually came back in a lot heavier than Mm. doing a diet, obviously than you know, um, when they started and that was quite discouraging. And I noticed a trend. So every year I would see the same patients come back in and they would be heavier and they would have more emotional problems. So what I decided was I was eventually going to go back to school and do nutrition. And I wanted to sort of fill in that gap um, that people were missing. And I went and got my certification. I have a diploma in nutrition and I now help mommies. So basically moms sort of had children and they are teaching their family to live with nutrition, physical, you know, fitness and also their mindset as well. So, when we actually catch the parent first, they're teaching it to their children. So, we're kind of hitting a hole as a family versus just individually. And it's a long term holistic approach versus like a
1: dieting mentality. Mm, yeah. We really got to get away from that dieting mentality. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is great for families because, yeah, if you can arm. Children with the right tools, then you're really making a shift, which I love that. So, I want to talk about moms and postpartum depression and the link with nutrition. So, I just want to preface this episode by saying, for anyone who's listening, that this is a massive subject. There's so many factors. You know, nutrition is critical, medication and counseling may also be important, but we often think that depression is a biochemical problem or, you know, an emotional problem. And I think what we're seeing also at the same time is that the research also says otherwise. So how is postpartum depression connected to nutrition?
0: That's a great question. The interesting thing is I had postpartum depression myself. Um, It can be a variety of different situations based on individual issues that are going on. Um, mine was more circumstantial. I had a very colicky baby, but I also look at sort of what I was doing differently. So I wasn't taking care of myself, um, having, you know, a lot of anxiety and depression. I sort of fell off the track of feeding myself properly. And when you've also just had a baby, if you think about it, you've given off a lot of your body's nutritional resources to supplement that baby and feed it and it's nature's way of giving the baby first before yourself. So you've already depleted your body through pregnancy. It takes a lot of your vitamins, especially your iron sources. And that baby leaves, you know, your body full and supplemented. Now you're also going to be breastfeeding. Sometimes, you know, if you're not, you can do formula. Everyone's got like a different opinion on that. But when you're breastfeeding, you're giving off even more nutrients than you would if you were pregnant. And I don't think a lot of moms understand that, you know, they usually say when you're pregnant, eat for two, but it's actually kind of more that for breastfeeding because you are having to nourish your body and now sustain another life that is also bigger outside of, you know, having a baby inside of you. Right. So mom's diets are lacking. I've noticed definitely, I'd say more in the Western world, um, in society, we are conditioned to do everything as a mom and, We're putting our basic needs aside, like food, good sleep, um, your mental health, and it starts to deteriorate. And this is where um, I've noticed other cultures have done a really good job of really looking after mom and nourishing mom after having a baby or during pregnancy. And that mom is coming in full and she's got vitamins and she's got the care and she's got everything else around her, the community. And in our culture, in our society, we're, you know, pushing moms to get back into skinny jeans and, you know, it's, it's ridiculous because moms are depleting themselves so hard. So there is a nutritional tie definitely. I think to this,
1: and are there any specific deficiencies that, you know, have you mentioned iron deficiencies, but I think we, there are some studies as well. Do you, do you know any of that information?
0: Yes, there is, uh, links between vitamin and nutritional deficiencies with pregnancy. Iron is a big one because you need iron, obviously for your red blood cells, um, a good kind of indication for a mom's to know if she maybe is low in iron during pregnancy, um, is when you stand up, you feel super dizzy. And I was experiencing that myself quite a bit. Now there are some specific ones, um, that moms can sort of look out for and, The herbal iron, I think, is a really good idea for moms during pregnancy and after, myself included. I didn't need iron until I got pregnant and had my children because, again, they depleted me pretty much, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I continually take herbal iron now. And I also notice the signs a lot quicker, too. So for a lot of moms, you know, they're feeling tired and that's the problem that they say I'm tired, but it's pregnancy or I have a new baby and I'm tired, but that's just because you know, I'm a new mom, but a lot of the times moms are missing a lot of these symptoms that are going on. And it just takes a quick blood test going to your, you know, your family doctor for iron, especially, um, another one to check. And I've noticed this one is massive among, um, probably women now in their thirties, forties, fifties is thyroid malfunction. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it is because women have had children past that age and their thyroid starts to kind of shut down. Um, depending on where you live as well, usually a thyroid issue relates to an iodine deficiency. Iodine, um, is found in a lot of seafood. Um, and unfortunately being in sort of like land here in Alberta, we don't have obviously a sea of, you know, swimming around Mm -hmm. us here. So we're kind of getting it shipped in, And it's sometimes farmed and it's not exactly the best, you know, nutrient dense iodine that we could possibly get. Um, So iodine also has to do with um, deficiency as well for a lot of moms. And that's where the thyroid starts to malfunction. Something interesting as well is that uh, iodine, zinc, and iron all go together to help your uh, thyroid. So a lot of the times moms are missing the iron, they're missing the iodine and they continue. And then their thyroid starts to malfunction. So a lot of the times it's not just like one nutrient. It kind of is like a domino effect. Um, And the, uh, the issue with women lacking these vitamins in the first place is that, like I said, you know, pregnancy is a massive stress on the body and you're taking it over the edge basically with having a baby and then breastfeeding. And then on top of that, you're maybe taking care of another child, So you're, you know, you're lacking sort of the time, the energy to take care of yourself and you're putting a lot more focus on everybody else. Um, so that's where I think a lot of moms struggle. So I would say those are probably the biggest ones is, um, zinc iodine and iron that moms are typically missing out on.
1: Yeah. And the thyroid is huge. So thyroid, I mean, pregnancy, just, 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 completely sidewalls your thyroid oh, yeah. and it can, and you can end mm-hmm. up with that, you know, autoimmune piece temporarily or permanently after pregnancy. Um, right. huge for depression. It's a huge piece of depression and anxiety. Um, and I've also, you mentioned that you had postpartum depression. I also had postpartum depression and mm. I think I actually would be, a, would have been diagnosed now with uh, postpartum anxiety is mm-hmm. what I actually had. It wasn't really something when I was having my babies, it wasn't really something that was discussed as much as it is right. now. Um, yeah. and I, at the same time, I have thyroid disease and autoimmune thyroid disease. So I think I actually, even though I was being monitored for like, it wasn't like it was through the roof, um, mm-hmm. thyroid issues, but afterwards i never really saw the doctor. And I think now if I had went back and did that differently, I would have caught my disease earlier. It would have been like, a real red flag for what was the cause of what I was going through. So I definitely think that's a huge piece and the nutritional piece of that massive with thyroid for sure. Mm -hmm. So, okay. So we know that women should take a prenatal prenatal vitamin during pregnancy. So is it that we're not taking the vitamins or is it, you mentioned like with the iodine, is it a food quality issue or they're, are there other habits um, that are affecting nutritional deficiency? So yeah, what, how do you see that?
0: There's a combination of things going on. So interestingly enough, like I also have iron deficiency and thyroid disease myself, and it only happened um, later on for myself. So when I was pregnant with both my boys, I took a very high quality bioavailable prenatal vitamin. And that's usually what I recommend to most of my moms. Anyways, what I didn't do though, was after I had the baby. Mm. So that's, that's the issue is that most people they're doing it because they want the baby to succeed, right? You have the baby and now you're completely depleted. And what I should have done is probably continued those prenatal vitamins while I was breastfeeding. And that's mainly where we need the most. And this is where we start to have all these autoimmune issues down the road because we've given our body such a lack for years, um, especially if you have children close together and you're breastfeeding sort of back to back with different kids. Like I know my boys are 22 months apart. So that's still a tight, um, you know, pregnancy, mm-hmm. I guess. There's a, there's a number of things that could be happening. So the first thing I would say is that Probably a lot of moms don't understand that prenatal vitamins, a lot of them have fillers in them. The regular store store bought ones are technically, they don't have enough. So you're taking something and you're probably wasting more of your money buying them. The reason um, I went to the bioavailable ones, which is basically you absorb more because they are made from proper nutrients. They are made from um, dried vegetables and things like that your body can absorb them better and they are pretty expensive. And I remember thinking, wow, these are like 60 bucks just for like a month supply. But in my head, I'm like, it's worth it because it's for my baby. Mm-hmm. But yet you go to breastfeeding and you're like, I deplete myself and I don't need that. And it's, again, what do we do for our children versus ourselves? And this is the, the issue with motherhood, right? Um and I think this is where, if moms can take those prenatal vitamins, the the ones that are high um, in bioavailability for them, throughout pregnancy and into breastfeeding, they would have a much higher chance of not having these issues later. The next thing is the food quality. So as much as I say to people, use food first, and then supplement later, because a lot of the time we can get it through our food. The issue is right now, is that our f- Quality of soil, um, the way things are grown from back even 10, 20 years ago is completely different. So it depends where you're buying your food. Um, I usually suggest, if you want to eat the healthiest, is buy locally, um, farmers markets, fresh as much as you can, because they usually have a better quality content of soil. And the food hasn't traveled in a plane, train, bus anything coming to you and they usually ripen them on those transportation Mm -hmm. and we're not getting the proper nutrients. They're sitting in the dark. They're not getting the sunshine that we need. Um, The soil content, they're ripping them off when they're green and then they're ripening in transport. So that's where I think a lot of moms aren't getting the nutrients. And then we need to supplement even more so. Um, And then I think the other part of it is that in general, when moms start to get busy, they start to skip meals. And I don't think it's always intentional. I know I did it myself too. It's that it's kind of a, what's, what's more priority. So when you're a new mom and maybe you're going through anxiety right now or depression, you may want to sleep versus eat. So it's kind of like pick your battle. It's like, do I want to sleep? Or should I eat something? Mm -hmm. And you can get to the end of your day, living off coffee and be like, I haven't eaten anything today. And you're still breastfeeding. Mm -hmm. You're still giving to your children and you're not putting anything to yourself. Your body will always give through milk, through uh, pregnancy. Your children will always get that nourishment. And, you know, that's why babies in third world countries even do really well because mom's breastfeeding them, but mom's not getting anything out of it. So you got to look at this almost like a long-term issue because it comes back to bite you years later.
1: Yeah. And that skipping meals, that's sort of a hallmark of depression, Mm -hmm. right? Like once you start changing your dietary habits affects your nutritional status, which affects your mental health, all that, but then that it's like a, a vicious cycle. And then as a symptom of depression, you start to go down not wanting to eat sleeping instead. Yeah. So it can really loop really quickly, which is tough. And you talked about, you know, food quality and just food in general. So what the, what we should be eating is so confusing right now. There are Mm -hmm. so many ways and styles of eating and it, it's hard to make heads or tail of what you're supposed to be doing. So what should, what kind of dietary, dietary changes or focus Should we actually be having in pregnancy? What should we actually be eating?
0: So this is not a one size fits all. This is the issue. Most people are looking on the internet for what should I do? But the problem is people aren't realizing you're an individual and you have different nutritional deficiencies that are going on. Um, just from simply doing different, you know, tests, you could go to your doctor and find out if you're missing certain basic nutrients. That's one way of finding out. Um, I usually suggest to people, this is where you probably need to book a consultation with somebody like myself, um, is that we can find out what you're missing. Because for me to tell somebody generally to eat, you know, peppers versus cucumbers, like, who knows, right? Like that person could be having a completely different deficiency than somebody else. And this is where we need to look at the lifestyle, the stress factors, which are massive, when they're eating, how much they're eating. Um, what, what is sort of attainable for that person? Cause if I say to that person, you know, you need to eat three or four times a day, they may not even have it in their schedule to be able to do that. So that's why we need to do more of an individualized plan. And this is where, you know, the right foods and the supplements are going to be geared towards that specific person.
1: Right. But generally speaking, you could say, you know, whole foods.
0: Definitely yeah. in a general, in a general form, you know, as much as you can eat the rainbow basically. So, you know, there's lots of different vegetables and fruits out there. Like I said, you know, the best places you can go um, to get the better quality nutrition would be farmer's markets, local foods. Um, you know, your it depends what grows around you basically. Like if you're around seafood, I would say eat more sort of seafood. If you're on land, I would say try and get more of like a, potatoes and cow and things like that from like your farmer. Um, again, try and get as close to sort of where you live as possible. And, um, that way you are actually going to get way more of the nutrients as well for yourself.
1: And is there any sort of other specific nutrients that really are healing that we should carry over into postpartum? I mean, eating for pregnancy, you're really focusing on like nutrient dense foods. Is there, mm-hmm. is that what we should be car- carrying over?
0: Yeah. A big one. I usually like to say as well, and this is what I did throughout my pregnancy is because you are developing a baby um, and obviously brain and everything else is omegas. get your healthy fats in because healthy fats, it's a great way to help you with your depression and the baby's development of brain. And heart health, everything.
1: Okay, yeah, I love that. And I was going to ask you about that because there's so much back and forth on mm-hmm. omegas and where the you know whether they actually help the brain, and which is just bizarre to me <laughs> because you know we, as you said, we need omegas for the brain, but we see so much about the connection between that, and then other studies say that you know there's no, it's like a, a placebo it doesn't perform better than a placebo. So, what is your view to that? How do you counter that that information?
0: I personally you know I personally eat that way myself. I would say probably my personal diet is heavy in omega3s. Um, I eat a lot of nuts and seeds and more plant-based type of foods. I do eat protein as well because I am iron deficient, so I have to have it in my diet. It really does help with depression and mood disorders the The reason being is it actually gives a calming effect. It doesn't cure. Yeah. Um, depression, like it's not going to be like you eat a handful of almonds and hurrah, you know. But mm-hmm. it definitely stabilizes moods for people, um, and this can go in tandem with a couple of other things. So another suggestion I would also bring into that equation is vitamin D. So taking your omegas um, again when you're pregnant, breastfeeding, all that, and for yourself. Another one, another reason why taking omegas is really good postpartum as well is that women lose their hair,
1: Mm -hmm. like their
0: hair starts to fall out, usually about four or five months later. And that's pretty scary. (laughs) And you think, oh my goodness, does my hair ever grow back? It will. If you keep building up your nutrient levels and definitely omegas are really good for hair, skin, and nails. So that's something to eat them for as well. And the vitamin D component um, and omegas work really closely together because they actually help combat depression, moods and anxiety. but it's never a one pill fix. Like you can't just expect to take omegas and vitamin D and you're like, "hurrah, I'm cured because when you go when you're going through postpartum depression or anxiety, it could also be circumstantial to what is going on in your life right now. But I would also say yes, looking at your food quality and good quality of supplements and food in combination with your lifestyle factors and how much stress you're under, that's where I'm saying in a general way, we can't sort of look at the individual unless I talk to that individual myself.
1: Yeah, exactly. And it's kind of goes back to what I was saying at the beginning that there's so many factors, right? Mm-hmm. And food is not a pill, but it, you know, it's a critical element of, of health. You can't mm-hmm. be well and not have good nutritional status. And I think one of the issues that comes to Omegas as well is the ratio of Mm -hmm. three to six, right? We don't get that ratio element. Right. And so I like that you're focusing on the omega threes because that is, that's where we need to look that we're getting the best for that. Uh, okay. So you did mention also just about moms and that pressure from society about getting back to, you know, into your skinny jeans. And it's so detrimental, I think for moms. I mean, you're trying to, you know, keep this little human alive And, Mm -hmm. and yet at the same time, we're supposed to be like, you know, snap back and look like this model, which is crazy. You've just been through a monumental change in your body. So what do you want to see change about how women approach postpartum?
0: Yeah. Having, like I said, postpartum is a time. It should be a time of recovery and of nourishment. And this is how other cultures see it. And in the Western society, the world has placed, like I said, so much emphasis on moms to be back in their skinny jeans, working from home with a baby and loving your life with no sleep. Like who does that? <laughs> like, it's not, it's not feasible. So then in the Western society, this is what's creating moms feeling like they're failing because mm-hmm. then it feels like, well, how is she doing it? And I can't, well, you're looking at people that probably have nannies or help at home And everyone's circumstances are different. So it's this super mom mentality going on. And I want to see moms actually surrender to the fact that they can't do it all. And I have to come to this to myself and they aren't alone and that they actually have someone else there to take care of them, whether it's a community of other women or family around you. So I want them to fill up their buckets first, which a lot of women do not do. And this is why, you know, I do what I do because If mom's not healthy and happy, what happens to her family? And we're teaching that to our children, especially girls as well. Like I have two boys, but you know, if I had a girl, I'd also make sure that she was taking care of herself as well. And I'm a very big component of that, even with my boys, like as much as we want to take care of other people, we also need to make sure that we are taking care of ourselves first to make sure that we can actually be of service or help other people.
1: Absolutely. yeah. It can be just as simple as a nourishing bowl of soup, right? Yeah. And just that moment to like breathe. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Bethany. I so can connect with what you're sharing. So where can we find more about you?
0: Um, Any moms looking to get more sort of tips and advice, I would encourage them to go to my website. So that's www.ndelish.com. And I also offer a free 15 minute beginning discovery call. So I can actually get on the phone and talk to you about what's going on in your life right now.
1: Perfect. Well, we will link all that up in the show notes. So thank you so much. It was wonderful to meet you. Thank you so
0: much, Cheryl. I appreciate being on here today.
1: All right, beautiful people. Thank you so much for listening today. If you feel so inclined, please subscribe, rate, and review this show. For show notes and more information on essential oils, please visit livelovelemon.com forward slash podcast. And we love to know what you're up to and how you're using your essential oils. So head over to Instagram and find us at the Aromatherapist Podcast. My name is Cheryl Witten, and I am your Aromatherapist. We have to share with you this obligatory disclaimer. Information in this podcast is for educational purposes only. It is not a replacement for medical advice or for professional aromatherapy consultation. If you need medical care, please visit your physician. Speak to your primary care provider, pharmacist, and a qualified aromatherapist before commencing any programs.